This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. There are times in life and in business when the world throws us a curveball. Our ability to adjust to those curveballs defines who we are and our success. On this episode of Marketing Trends, we wanted to talk through how to go about making those adjustments. Sean Shepard is the founding partner of GrowthX, and he hopped on the phone with us to discuss his eight strategies marketers can use to navigate through a crisis. Plus, he shed some light and hope to anyone who might be struggling. Please enjoy this conversation. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by recurring guest, Sean, what's going on? Hey, Ian. How are you, brother? I am doing well. And, uh, you know, you and I have been exchanging emails uh, over the past 48 hours. And uh, and we both collectively thought, hey, we should, we should just uh, do an episode of Marketing Trends about this. So I originally had, had shot you a note with the thought in mind that we're in the middle of a global pandemic that is changing the way that People behave across the globe. It's a huge tragedy. Um, you know, tons of lives lost. And at the same time, you know, business continues to happen every day. And I've had a bunch of CMOs reach out to me over the past week and say, my entire plan for Q2 is completely shot. 50% of the stuff that I was going to be doing, I no longer can do with events and different sort of things. Um, and so I, my original thought was, I'm going to hit up Sean to talk about it from a sales perspective to say, like, what does sales, like, what do they require during something like this? And you had kind of responded with like, hey, let's take a step back and kind of talk about first, like, what does it take to lead during a crisis in general. Um, and based off of my time in the military and leading during some, you know, other times like that, I of course took the bait. So here we are. Um, we're going <laughs> to, you sent, <laughs> you sent over, uh, eight, a list of eight things to do. Um, and we'll just kind of walk through each of them. And then we'll talk uh, at the end of this about, you know, what sales requires of marketing, what marketing leaders can do, uh, during this kind of time. So, um, it should be fun. Let's get into it. First one, you said take a market first mindset. What do you mean? Yeah, um, people tend to act in their own self interest anyway, but in a crisis, they they really do. And if you don't believe that, you know, just go out and try and buy toilet paper right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you'll see how selfish people can be and behave. Um, and you had made the comment just a minute ago. You know, this this crisis that we're in, quote unquote. Um, is changing people's behavior. I would, uh, not to be cynical, but I would argue it's just returning people to their natural behavior. The lizard brain takes over. Um, and fear is an incredible driver of human behavior. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD, you know, as we call it. And it's one thing for that to drive uh, someone's behavior towards you, but it's another thing when it's not aligned with your interests. And right now, our customers' interests are not aligned with ours. Um, interestingly enough, from a commercial perspective, right? From a commerce standpoint, they're not thinking about buying from us. They're thinking about surviving. 
And so it's our job, I think, uh, if we really want to engage them and understand now more than ever how to help them, that we need to give them an opportunity to tell us how. Um, and that can start with their primary concerns and fears and uncertainties and doubts right now. Engage in a conversation. Don't just send out another standard email that says, here's how we're handling COVID-19. I made the joke to you off, off air that, you know, I'm not sick from COVID, but I am sick of it because I've never gotten so many emails in a, in a week's period of people telling me what they're doing uh, to solve their own problems. And if that's not indicative of what is so common in marketing and sales today to take a very sort of self-centric and product first or me first approach towards how we talk to people, um, I don't know what is. And I spent half my time teaching people how to flip, flip the script and focus on your customer, focus on your market and spend as much time as you can right now really honing in on the current situation and who those people are and how you can help them and maybe in ways you haven't done it before. I think you'll stand out if you do. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think uh, it's a great point. And I think this is the common case here where your sales reps and your sales force has to be really, really savvy because you have to listen to what people want. And they probably don't want to rip their entire HR software out right now. You know, they don't want to... Um, change their benefits plan right now. They don't want to, you know, go through an important step of their digital transformation right now. Um, they're not around their team. They're not, they don't have the traditional things. They don't have those, uh, you know, just the comfort of how things normally are. However, they do need other things. And, um, and one of the things, you know, you're seeing people obviously, go into uh, trying to figure out how to do virtual events because they can't do in-person. They're, you know, people are investing in things like Zoom when they're like, hey, you know, we've been, uh, we've been meaning to do this for a long time and we've never actually bought a video conferencing software. Maybe we need something a little bit more robust or um, maybe we need to steer way harder into our, web our webinar series or our podcast series or whatever it is. Um, and those are kind of the actions that speak to, we need to meet people where they are and help them through this decision. People have a ton more time on their hands, so maybe they're in more of an information gathering mode, but not an execution mode. That might push your; it might slow your pipeline. It might slow, um, you know, your your speed to sale. It might slow your lead gen. You know, there's all sorts of things that are going to have massive ramifications on this. Um, and I think you're totally right that you really, I mean, salespeople and, and marketers need to be lockstep that they're reaching an arm out to the customer all the time anyways, to, to uh, help them buy rather than, you know, try to force them to buy. But now more than ever, I mean, you really would come off insensitive uh, if you're not being empathetic and listening uh, in this current kind of kind of climate. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing with your own family and friends? I mean, if you have any sense at all of, of what people are going through, you're asking them how they're doing and meaning it. And hopefully opening an ear, lending your hand, uh, being supportive maybe and leaning in in ways you haven't uh, recently, because um, hopefully you have some perspective on, on this unique situation. Um, and maybe it gives you an opportunity to take a step back as a marketer or as a seller and become more of a student, uh, strategic student of human behavior. 
I always talk about market and business acumen and and why it's so important to have a deep understanding of who your customer is, how they're measured, who their customer is, how they're measured, and how you uh, can insert yourself to create value in that chain. Um, And I think now more than ever, you have an opportunity if you create a safe place for people to tell you the truth and give you the time to learn uh, at a deeper level more about who those people are and what they care about and how you can help them get what they want. Or keep, you know, at least keep things stable until you're asked to help them make changes down the road, Um, which is why I talk about, you know, in this process, teaching people for differentiation, right? What can you do to help people get what they want, even in a time of crisis? So the second thing on your list was ramp up the content. So this is a marketing specific uh, piece, and it seems really... A, difficult, B, obvious potentially to some people. Why do you think that, that now is the time to ramp up the content? To your point earlier, um, there are, there is time in the day that, that we now have back uh, relative to things like commuting or meetings um, or in-person activities and other things that take our time that we're getting back. And that should actually be looked at as a blessing. It's an opportunity for us to set down and refocus our content strategy uh, and reprioritize content that is fundamental and basic to human needs and to our customers' needs, uh, to the crisis, obviously, in the current situation, um, and what we can do to, to help teach our customers new things. Um, one thing I always talk about is if you want to create differentiation, you need to, you need to show people things they've never seen before. You need to te- you need to say things to them they've never heard. Um, you need to listen to things you never thought you'd hear. Um, you need to teach for differentiation. What can we do right now in this moment uh, to go another level deeper in what we can show and share with our customer base that puts us in a, in a real position of, of thought leadership? And how can we readjust and change and shift our plans uh, to meet those needs? You might be able to double the, the, the output, for example. Um, you change the topics. I mean, I think, I think that my, my, my 2B of this is ramp up the content quality. Like if you're the CMO and you have a few extra you know, hours in the week, go back and actually read some of the stuff that your team is creating and say, is this really good enough? Is this really differentiated enough? Is this the type of quality that we really want to be putting out there? Or are we just mailing it in? Yeah, putting stuff out to put it out. Yeah. Ask yourself, is this on brand? Like if you were the one that was writing this stuff, is this would would you be happy with what you're putting out? Uh, or do you feel like you're you're mailing it in? Um, which a lot of people do. Okay, let's move to the number three because it ties into this. You said focus on core activities. Yeah, there's, there, are a lot, there should be, in theory, a lot less distractions in your life right now if you're able to control your mindset, live in the moment, and focus on, on, uh, on your work. Um, you know, shorter commute times means fewer meetings and, and fewer, uh, less time uh, in the car or on the train or on the road, less travel time because there aren't the events, um, fewer happy hours, et cetera. That means more time for true market development, right? Um, it's it's an opportunity to to turn up the you know turn down the noise and turn up the outbound signal 
if you will, which is which means you know what else can you do that's highly targeted to uh, to introduce yourself to a new channel? Um, what are other methods, means, and formats of outbound uh, that you can leverage that you have thought about and wanted to, but just haven't quote unquote made the time for? Um, what can you do from an optimization standpoint, working from the bottom of your funnel back up? to take a harder, closer look at the friction points, the exit criteria, and what's getting things stuck. Um, you know, where are the leaks uh, that need to be plucked? Um, what else can we be doing in terms of um, ways to communicate with our market and our customer and our segments that we haven't tried that we've wanted to? You know, where are we with our data set? Um, and what can we do with our data? to get deeper insights that can help us in all areas. Um, or uh, even if it's just as simple as scrubbing and, 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 uh, and deduplicating lists. I mean, there are, there are inventory things. There are things that are being done at home right now by you and your family that you probably haven't done. Maybe you're cleaning the laundry room in a way you haven't more deeply before. Uh, maybe you're taking on a couple of those household projects that you haven't, that you've been, you've been putting off. Oh, yeah. Because you're going just stir crazy. <laughs> Oh no, I just, uh, you should have seen me. I had the box cutter out and I was, I was, uh, we had all these cardboard boxes and I was like, man, I, the, the, uh, recycling guy, when he came to grab our recycling was probably like, this was the most efficient recycling bin I've ever seen. I had like 50 <laughs> pieces of cardboard in there. But that's what um, I mean, right? There's, there's all yeah. this time that was spent on, 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 on travel and, uh, and going from A to B and doing these other things. Um, and now you've got that time back, you know, use it wisely. There's a lot of ways to take stock of what you're currently doing and rethink it. The idea is to remind yourself of what matters most. What got you to where you are, right? And are we still doing those things? And can we refocus yeah. our energy and efforts in that way? And I think another really critical point to make there, Ian, is, is it's okay to reset expectations with everybody on your team right now too and say, look, yep. I don't know if we're losing two weeks or two months. But I'm here to tell you that we're in this for the long run, that life is a marathon, not a sprint. And together, we're going to figure out a way to make it right for everyone. Yeah, this is, and this is critical because I think this is a hugely important thing of when you're going through something difficult in general. This too shall pass and it doesn't feel like it, but it will. And um, as someone who has spent you know, a year of their life uh, sitting in Afghanistan uh, in non-optimal conditions, you know, every day feels like it's the same. Every day feels like uh, it's it's never going to end. thing to deal with. Yeah. And it's never going to end, but it will end. And from a business perspective, the stock market is going crazy every single day and you can become obsessed with watching the rises and falls. You can become obsessed with your short-term stuff. But the opportunity that something like this creates is, uh, and I mean opportunity, not you know, not taking advantage of horrible things that are going on in the world, but opportunity in the sense of to reframe your thinking and say, this quarter's not going to be great for most companies. We know that. So let's not worry about this quarter. Let's worry about this quarter next year and say, if we can do the correct activities that we can have a strong rest of the year and build towards the future, 
then that's what will matter. Because if you just get so caught up in in the day-to-day, just like, again, watching the rises and falls, like it's just not helpful for your psyche. And I promise a year from now, you're, you're going to look back and, and say, I, I wish I had just been uh, focused a little bit further out and not worried about the day-to-day. D- and with the giant caveat that this is extremely difficult to deal with day-to-day. So that's not saying that that's not the case, but the level of resilience that you have to have is critical. That's absolutely true. And that's why the, long, the perspective of this matters so much, right? I'm 47 years old. I've been at this a long time. I was there for the dot bomb. I remember the 87 crash. I remember 2008. I don't view this in the same way at all. I think the underlying fundamentals in the market are much stronger broadly now than they were in any of those situations. If anything, this will be more like, sad to say, more like 9-11 in terms of the impact that it leaves. It's going to change some behaviors uh, dramatically in the short term, um, few behaviors uh, uh, minorly in the long term, but it will always be with us and we'll change some of the things we do and the way that we do them and how we prepare for these situations as a result. But in the meantime, um, all we can do, as my old man used to say, the best we can with what we have where we are. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, okay, so number four, restate your difference. I love this. Um, is this like an exercise that you should do with the team? Like if you're sitting around with the marketing team, I mean, do you kind of feel like you should, is this an activity? Uh, is it uh, just a positioning exercise? Like, what do you mean by this? I think it's a wonderful activity if you can bring everybody together virtually or otherwise to do it because it's inspirational. It gets the creativity and the collab, the, the creative juices flowing. It creates an opportunity for collaboration. Um, it refreshes and reminds everybody of why we do what we do. And it never hurts because the market is always, always changing. And right now it's dramatically changed. Um, and in, you know, with my startup portfolio, I talk about how product market fit can be taken away from you just as easily as it's been awarded to you. And it's moments like these where that's the case. So you always have to keep asking yourself, how are we different? What makes us unique right now? Uh, not just in the long run, but today. Um, and so it's a very healthy exercise for people to do if they can do it in that fashion. If not, I think crowdsourcing and curating everyone's perspective on how you're different and continuing to restate that internally as well as externally um, is, is a wonderful exercise. And then share what you learn. As I said before, show people something they haven't seen. Tell them something they haven't heard. Get them thinking about something they've never thought of. To continue that thread, do something you haven't done before. Like now's the opportunity to say, hey, we we just lost 30% of our of our marketing budget to field marketing is now no longer going to be in use for at a minimum the next quarter, probably the next two. So what are we going to do that we've never done before? Like what are we going to create? What's going to be something that we can bring into the world that's new that our customers will dig? with the expectation that it might not drive sales this quarter, right? Like, I just think that that's such a fundamental piece of this, of people might not be buying things the way they were. So therefore, maybe the expectations of short-term results is not as is not as high. Counterpoint, you've run large sales organizations. I would imagine that the uh, chief revenue officer might be saying something different. Um, you know, for the people that are hearing something saying, 
I don't care what's going on in the world. We need to hit our numbers, which is a real conversation that people are having. Sure, um, it is. probably more than more it. than probably the majority, sadly. Yeah. Um, so, what do you what what would you say back to that to that chief revenue officer? I would again try to remind everybody back to number one. Right, <laughs> take a market first mindset. Become a student, a strategic student of human behavior. Uh, look, re- look at the long game and then reset expectations accordingly. It doesn't mean giving anybody a break. As I said, when you, as long as you continue to focus on core activities, get back to what's important, um, prioritize what matters, and again, continue to deliver on differentiation, um, the tactic of doing something unique and different with that budget, um, or at least a portion of that budget, um, is fully aligned with that. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, look, you're not going to be doing these conferences and events. Some of them will get rescheduled uh, this year. Uh, many will not. Um, yes, maybe you can reserve that and hold that capital back because uh, to, to save, you know, save it for a rainy day or another sick day, sadly. But you can also apply some of it to something that's unique and different that's focused on them. Look, uh, look in the world right now about, uh, at some of these stories about what people are doing in their own communities just to give back and be helpful. They're popping up websites and Venmo accounts that say, buy stuff and I'll make sure it gets delivered uh, to the sick and the elderly in our community because they can't leave their homes. Um, there are things like that you can do in a commercial sense um, that don't have to be kitschy, they don't have to be disingenuous or inauthentic or transactional in nature but are very relational in nature, very brand-oriented because you want, to, you want to build relationships and you want people to, to, to uh, think of you before they think of someone else in their time of need. Number five is lead, don't follow. Um, how do you think you, know, you would go about this to say, to go beyond the, you know, hey, every single company I've ever bought from sends you know, a, a, an email talking about their stance on, on coronavirus, because I think, you know, we've all seen that it clearly is just noise and nobody's really paying attention to Nobody's reading those emails. Um, and yet from a B2B standpoint, like putting that aside and saying from a B2C standpoint, like, you know, I, the place I get my coffee from, I I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not going to read that email, but for my HR software or, you know, whatever, I kind of would like to see something, you know, I'm not saying I need to see it, but there is something, uh, especially if you're like spending money with a startup or something like that, a smaller company, we're like, Hey, is everything okay? Like we're a big company, you know, we, we can take the hit or something like that, but you're a small, you know, independently owned company. Are you guys going to be okay? Are you all going to be okay? Yeah, this is all about taking, you know, at least what I call the first growth X core value, and that is a people first approach. And you focus on leading, uh, leading people and not products. Um, and what I mean by that is, is check on the individuals, check on the people. Every company is just a collection of humans, Ian. Um, and those humans have the same fears and uncertainty and doubts as the rest of us and the same concerns. Take a position of, if you're a, if you're a big company working in a dynamic with a lot of small businesses, once again, take a, take a leadership position and say, I'm here to help you. you know, what can I do to alleviate your, 
your issues. Um, always talk about them first and then re reassure them that you're here and you're going to be here for the long run. You don't need to give them all the ticky tacky policy stuff about what you're doing, but more that you're concerned about them as people and maybe talk a little bit about how you're taking care of your people in your community. Because at the end of the day, it's just a concentric circle of individuals helping other individuals who are helping others. Um, and I think that's, that's what I mean when I talk about take a, you know, lead, uh, and, and don't, don't follow. I also think that all of the marketing organizations, especially the larger ones, you have vendors that you work with a lot. And maybe I'm saying this, maybe I'm projecting cause I'm a small vendor, but, um, I think that it's not just about looking at your customers. It's about looking at your vendors because so many of the people that you look to, your contractors, uh, your agencies, whatever it is, I guarantee you this is harder on them than on you in terms of just like, you know, making ends meet or whatever. So again, not that you have to do anything drastic, but reach out one-on-one. -on -one. Do the harder thing. Don't send the mass email. Just reach out one-on-one -on -one and just say like, hey, just checking in. Is everything okay? It might be a little Absolutely. harder to do that than sending you know, the automation drip campaign, but it, it it's going to have more impact. Yeah. It is harder. It, it, it is a higher touch, um, but it's going to have a higher value. And, and it's okay to care about your customers. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I completely agree. That's where you create that environment, hopefully, where they tell you things that they wouldn't otherwise tell you. Number six, share your attitude and values. We touched on this already a little bit, but um, you know, if you don't have an attitude and values, maybe it's time to sit down and work on those. And if you do, um, it's important to share those externally, but also internally. Yeah. Uh, this is just about restating once again you know, what you care about as a company and, and, and that your customers are core to that. Um, and, uh, and, then re and then if you haven't done it internally, it's a wonderful time to sit down and do that again. Um, it's no different than sitting down with your family and having a meeting about, okay, things are, things are tough right now. How are we going to handle it? Um, you know, I I'm a strong believer in, in it's not how we act, but how we react uh, that matters. And this is an opportunity for us to, to communicate our attitude, which is hopefully positive, uh, because it's really easy, especially in this age of social media, to just get into, into this downward spiral, spiral of negative thoughts and behaviors and words that you're constantly hearing. Crisis and pandemic and recession and, you know, fear and all those words. Um, and that's a choice. And so you can choose to lead through this situation by sharing those attitudes and values um, and re-exercising that through engaging your people and your vendors and your, and your customers and partners. And then just hopefully trying to create a closer, tighter knit community. Because when you come out of this, we want to be mindful and never forget. And the hard part is that especially B2B companies used for this is events, right? Like that's how you build a deeper relationship with people. That's how you get people to feel 
your company's attitude, to feel your company's values is by having people on the ground actually talking face-to-face. And I think that that's one of the things that feels so tough about this is because when you lose your ability to meet face-to-face with people, like how much do we talk about getting out of the building and talking to customers? Um, And yes, you can do that you can do that remotely, but when it's in your DNA to actually meet with people and it's fun and we like doing that. And that's part of the reason why business is fun is because you get to meet all sorts of new kinds of people that you kind of feel a little hamstrung. But, um, but I think that, and this leads perfectly into number seven, which is reassess the buyer's journey. Like what an opportunity to sit there and take a step back and say, Hey, are we sure we're right? Are we sure that the buyer's journey that we've articulated for the different personas that we have for all of our ABM strategy, are we sure that this is right? And how does it change? Is it right for the times? If, if we have to have a 100% digital, no handshakes ever sales cycle for a year, what would that look like? What if we do we need to add more self-service? Do we need to add uh, more customer success? Do we need to have uh, you know, we talk about like, you know, having a, a, a chatbot on the site? Well, maybe we need something more than that, um, using a tool like qualified or something like that to to put on your site. Um, what do you need to do in order to build trust and relationships faster when it's a digital only thing? And that all starts with like getting into the nitty-gritty of the buyer's journey. Yes. And over this last week, for whatever reason, uh, I've gotten a lot of inbound questions and I've been interviewed a bunch uh, on the topic of, you know, does this change the sales models forever? And and, uh, and then how do we react to that? And I feel like a lot of that's knee jerk because, um, you know, as I said, I'm 47 years old and I've been listening to the projections of the death of of the salesman uh, for as long as I can remember that technology and robots and what you name it, they're going to replace the individual. And my art, the reason it's never happened and the reason I don't think it will happen uh, is because that's not what the market wants. The market needs a throat to choke if something goes wrong and they're not going to throw their mouse at their, at their computer and a, at a Chrome window with a SaaS product on it and solve their problem if they don't get what they want. They need to call Ian and have Ian come in and sit down and have a real conversation. If I'm gonna invest that kind of time and money and effort in making a change and investing in your product or service, that means I'm investing in you as well. And I have a certain um, expectation that goes with that. The AX, the appropriate expectation, the appropriate experience. What does that look like? So as long as things are, are, as long as things are high value, they're gonna be high touch and there always will be an in-person need for those people. You're right. Right now, what about our analog experience? Can we turn into a virtual experience or a digital experience? What's going to change forever? What's going to change now? And what's going to need to return to where it was? Uh, and we need to be prepared for all of those things. Well, and, and I'll add to that too, that like a, a great example, we just had um, the head of marketing at, at, uh, at Goldman Sachs Marcus, their new Marcus product. And one of the differentiations that that he made was he was like, every bank has this crazy automated system. So we went the opposite way and a human picks up the phone every time. Like no automated system. You just get right into a phone call. Right. What a concept. Yeah, right. And and, and it's like, you're not, you're not, stop me if you heard this one. Guess what people did? They loved it. 
right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's what they want. Uh, That's absolutely what they want. Which is funny though. It's like, do I want that when I am buying a pizza? No, because I don't need, because it's a pizza. When I am investing my life savings, I need to talk to a human being and make sure that it's okay. When uh, when I'm buying uh, HR software that affects 5,000 people, I need to talk to a human being about it. Um, you know, and again, so much of the buyer's journey is online now, so much of the discovery and education and learning and all of those things. But I would, I would kind of look at how could you get creative, especially if you're a marketing leader that has inside sales that falls under you. Um, maybe now's the time to say, hey, let's run an experiment and do 24 uh, seven you know, customer success starting right now and realign your team and how they work and, and how they sleep and do those sort of things. Uh, on the fly and say, this is probably something we should work it, you know, work on because we need to be responsive 24 seven right now because it's all digital and people are scared. Something that someone can do immediately is incorporate design thinking elements into that buyer's journey. What they should always be asking themselves is, is how hard do I make it for my customers to do business with me? And what can I do to make it easier? Right? I like to tell the story of Amazon is the most valuable company in the world. They don't make anything except all of us satisfied. They own the experience. They're completely obsessed with it. It's that simple. Go back to Jeff Bezos' interviews on 60 Minutes 25 years ago when they were asking him about the future strategy of his company. He's like, we're 100% obsessed with the customer experience. That's it. That's all they've ever been. And as long as they continue to do that, they have an opportunity to defend their position. But even he's afraid that that won't last. And that's why, that's what keeps them moving. What I've learned in all these years of doing, taking new products to market is, is in order to help people change, you have to make it as easy as possible. And we should be doing that anyway. But right now, in this time of significant change for them, what can we do to make it super easy for our customers to engage us, to learn from us, to talk to us, to interact with us? to share their hopes and dreams and thoughts and fears and concerns, and ultimately to do business with us or continue to do business with us and grow. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, with the changing landscape, like what does easier mean right now is a key part of this. Does it mean faster? Maybe. Does it mean slower? Does it mean the depth of information is more because they have more time to read? You know, historically, it's like, well, you know, I'm really busy, so I need to make a buying decision quickly. Well, now I have a few extra hours a week to, you know, read up on this stuff. So I would actually like more information. I would like more case studies. I would like more industry case studies. I would like more, you know, industry, you know, persona-driven case studies. Again, there's lots of different stuff that, you know, lots of different ways that you could look at it, but the ease in which your people buy isn't always just faster, isn't always just simplicity. Um, but depending on the, on the type of person and at the end of the day, like you said, it's about reducing friction and, uh, and getting them to feel comfortable and you always need to feel comfortable. But when you're in a market that is extremely tumultuous, you need to focus on comfort level, um, much more, I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want a change behavior, you need to make it easy as possible. So number eight, last one, keep it positive. Yeah. Again, this is this is this isn't just, you know, a series of tactics or 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 strategies that you can employ or steps you can take. It's not just what you do, it's how you do it. And it's the way you approach it. 
that's critical. So just for your own individual health and psyche, you need to keep it positive. Look at the bright side of everything that's going on right now. And there is a bright side. The last time we had a pandemic like this, it was the Spanish flu in 1918. It killed 50 million people. We're at 8,000 currently globally, 9,000. So be happy that 99%, 98% of the people that end up with this thing are going to be okay. Um, Let's start with that and start with your own mental health. Um, Because if you're in a negative state of mind, then that's going to come out, whether you know it or not, in the form of energy. And I'm a big believer in energy and I'm a big believer in positive energy. And so you need to exude that with the way you behave, the words you use, the topics you choose to approach, how you choose to approach them and think about them. And then hopefully that can permeate and you can, and you can drive that through your team, uh, your organization, your customers, your market, et cetera, because there will and is a light at the end of this tunnel. And as part of that, you need to be thinking about, like, I believe there's a big pent-up demand that's coming once this thing gets passed. Like, you know, the doors are going to open. The Italians are going to jump out of their windows and head to the square um, and dance and party, and everybody's going to have a good time. Um, what's our plan for that? How are we get, what's our new coming out party as a, as a marketer or a seller? What are we going to do that's very proactive and unique? You know, do we create our own event? And I don't just mean a virtual one, but do we do something special and unique, a user forum, a a special session, a series of lunch and learns across uh, the geographies of our market uh, where we go out to them um, and we embrace them? Because I promise they will embrace you like you've never been embraced before after being locked up with their kids for six weeks. (laughs) Exactly right. And I can say that as a parent. So I'm fine with it. I don't feel guilty. Um, but what are the things we can do um, uh, to come out of this that aren't just negative and, and mitigating circumstances? And how can we share that stuff um, with, uh, with our people? Like I always say it's like just be relentlessly positive and bring your friends. Yeah, I love that. And uh, one of the things that I used to do, um, you know, in my time in the military was uh, you plan your vacation, right? You're like, hey, this isn't fun. You know, we're going through the day to day. It has its ups and downs, but you know, whatever, August 28th, you know, we are going to go to, you know, Cabo and this is, I want to go see the turtles and I want to see this and that. I think it's much the same with marketing and it, you don't have to put a date on it because we don't know because the future is uncertain. Yeah. Maybe a wonderful tactic. I'm just, again, I'm spitballing here with you, but here's a great example right? Just bringing that up spurs the idea of why not crowdsource it with your customers? Plan yeah. your vacation together. Get a note out to them at the appropriate time and talk to them and say, hey, we're, we're, we want to plan something special for the end of this crisis and when we're going to come out and what we're going to do. What thoughts and ideas do you have? What are the things you'd like to see? Where, you know, what, should we, what should we do together? Um, and get those folks involved because just like you, planning a vacation um, is a dopamine squirt in the brain for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think about, you know, the the large costs of attending conferences and putting on conferences and all those sort of things. And, um, you know, everybody, I mean, pretty much everybody who has a spring conference now has pushed that into the fall, which means fall is going to be crazy, especially for a guy who keynotes South by like you guys, uh, like you and uh, uh, 
you know, your, your never ending uh, string of, of appearances here. But um, yeah, I mean, there's some ways to really like push back on, Hey, we missed out on a lot of our hang time. Maybe we don't need to do as much. Uh, maybe our, our, our cool event that we're going to do isn't going to be as much of the learning and maybe it's going to be a little more hanging. Maybe there's going to be twice as many happy hours. Maybe there's going to be twice as many bands. Maybe it's just going to be more of a party this year uh, than it is going to be a learning experience. But I love that idea. Yeah. When life gives you lemons, Ian, you, you, know, you just add vodka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love the idea of, of, of crowdsourcing it with your customers and say, hey, we want to do something different when this blows over. We're all going through the same stuff. Indeed. And it's really easy to forget that. Uh, right now. And it's really easy to focus inwardly on the self. And that's okay. I understand it. Well, I can tell you the one thing that will always be here for you is the Good Marketing Trends podcast. So if anyone uh, if anyone out there wants to reach out and you want certain things that you want to hear on the show, you want uh, you, Sean can come back anytime now. We now that his now that his speaking circuit is uh, <laughs> is is cut entirely. Sean's got all the time in the world. But uh, also, you know, if you have questions for f- former guests that we've had on the show or anything like that, um, happy to help. Team at marketingtrends.com or or you can hit me up on Twitter at Ian Faison. Um, and hit up Sean too. Sean's got great stuff. Anything else? Any final thoughts here before before we roll? Uh, no, just again, I'm grateful for you and the, 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 the work that you're doing and I'm grateful for your audience and I want everybody to just know to hang in there. Uh, this is going to pass and we're all going to come out of this uh, uh, stronger and, and more prepared uh, in the future. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super excited for the future of this podcast. I, I mean, we obviously are always fired up about new marketers and new things and new tactics and everything. So we're a relentlessly positive, uh, positive show, um, but uh, that that doesn't stop even when we're uh, stuck inside for a little bit longer. Uh, stay safe, everyone out there. Wash your hands, um, and uh, and we'll talk soon. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. 
Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.